0: Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans Enjoy the show
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons This one is a Gooner to Gooner This time I'm joined by Max from Ars Bros all the way down in Melbourne We will look at why he became a Gooner uh, And uh, what he thinks of us lot Enjoy this show Good evening. Welcome to another Gooner to Gooner. This time I am well, it's late on a Saturday evening. I've had a few beers. Uh, but I'm joined uh, early on a Sunday morning, I think it is in Melbourne, uh, by Max from Ars Bros um podcast.
0: Max, introduce yourself. Uh evening everyone over there. It's morning here on a on a Sunday. Um Max from the Ars Brothers rankcast i just waved i don't know who i'm waving to as if i'm on like some kind of a camera but I'm...
1: We, we 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 will get to youtube soon you know that
0: <laughs> i'm doing my queenly queenly wave to to anyone who might be listening but you know welcome from australia to a, a gooner to gooner with fergus how are you mate i'm i'm doing all right mate I'm, I'm
1: i'm actually a little bit full of um full of the lurgy the idea of this gooner to gooner is to get a little bit uh, to get to know a little bit more about um, the gooners that talk on uh, guns and yellow ribbons, uh, and we've got a, a list of a few questions. We've done it with Trev. We've done it with Manny. We've done it with uh, lots of the lads. So, first of all,
0: who are you and what do you do? Who am I and what do I do? I'm a thirty-four year old, thirty-four uh, uh, <laughs> year old, uh, born in England. Born in South London, um, immigrated to Australia. Uh, like we said before, I, I run a podcast here in Australia called the Ask Brothers Rankcast. I do it with my brother. But with my my main time, I, I guess what I do with myself, what I have done with all of my adult life is is in the alcohol industry. And I now own a, a, a gin bar in Richmond. Uh, called Bowerbird and Richmond is in the epicenter of Melbourne. Actually, right next to the sporting district, where you have all of the main sports complexes. And I've been doing that for the last four years. And Fergus, as you and many of the listeners will know, I am an alcohol enthusiast in both work and in play. I, uh, I enjoy a tipple and I enjoy a beer. And um, like I said, with the rest of my time these days, I podcast. I podcast with with you great guys on, on Guns and Yellow Ribbons semi-regularly and podcast every week with my brother on the Ars Brothers. Why Arsenal? Why Arsenal? Um, so we very easily could have been Chelsea fans. The the, the family in England are half and half. Dad's family are Chelsea. There's actually a couple of them. Scum. Yeah, there's actually a couple of them who played for Chelsea in the 70s. So Scum. Uncles and, and things like that. Um, and then you had Mum's side, of which uh, there were five sisters and one brother, and that one brother was an Arsenal fan, and that's my uncle Robert, otherwise known as Bob, also known as Bob the Knob. Super Bob. Yeah, well, Super Bob Bob indeed, because his nickname was Bob the Knob, and it has something to do with him having a massive knob, but we won't go into that. (laughs) (laughs) The story goes it touches the bottom of a pint glass flaccid, and that's where his nickname came from, so... But he was a he's a, a mad gooner, um, so we ended up leaning towards that side of the family. We went back to England, I think, for the the first time after we'd moved out. I think it was in ninety five, ninety six, and it was actually my brother Toby who ended up getting kind of pulled into the world of Arsenal by by Bob and that side of the family. And when we returned to Australia, there was nothing but but Arsenal posters all over my brother's wall. And those are my earliest memories of of Arsenal. And I, I, I
1: am aware of Toby and I'm friends with Toby, both on Facebook and uh, we, we have messaged and stuff. And I listen to Toby on your podcast. And Toby is the sensible and realistic um, person with regards to Arsenal. Am
0: I correct? He is, he is. Toby's the voice of reason. Toby's the one who likes to take a, a, a larger view or a... You know, a, a higher view, view of the yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's much more of a pragmatist than I am, and I'm a swearing, alcohol fueled. More of a, I'm more of a Manny, and Toby's more of a Fergus. If 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 people want to put people in in categories. Mm. So did, <laughs> did
1: did did, 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 did a away just to Toby? Did Toby manage to get to Highbury our, uh Arsenal when he was over on that time?
0: So Toby's been to both i think toby's been to both i think he's he's been to he's been to highbury and i think he's been to the emirates as well me i've been to neither so okay my next great adventure is actually to 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 get over there and and do the walk through the old highbury and hopefully not get locked in like some people i know and um, yeah, but that, that's in the place that you weren't meant to get locked in <laughs> in you know, and make my way through the Emirates. But I mean, it is different being an Arsenal fan overseas. What well, my next question to you was like, what was your first uh, game and memory? But
1: that's not going to work for somebody like you because you you're overseas, which is a fantastic, uh, different sort of uh, view to look things, a uh, look at things from. So, what's your first memory of like? So the, support Arsenal and the first you know.
0: season that I really took seriously because I'm a couple of years younger than younger than Toby but the first season I ever remember really taking seriously and watching a lot of it was the 99-2000 season which was uh, we were runner-up to Galatasaray uh, dumped out of the Champions League uh, finished second Thierry Henry's first season Those are my. That was my first season where I think I really watched it, and a lot of it was to do with. From memory, it was the first year that Australian television actually secured rights to show all of the Premiership games. So SBS, Opus, or something like that. No, no, no. That's now. That's that's now. But we're going back a, a lot further. What we used to get was we only got the weekly review. In Australia, that's what we got. So you'd sit there and you'd wait for the re- weekly review to come in, and you'd watch all of the games, you know, in a snapshot. And then I think it was around 99 2000, we got rights to actually watch games, entire games. And you know, I was a little bit older by then, I think I would have been, you know, 14, 14 or 15 by then. Had a telly in my bedroom, so I could stay up late and, and watch the Arsenal. And that was my first year of. Even though I had, had, had sort of semi-followed them prior to that, that was my first year where I became engrossed in it. And then the arsenal, I, I say to people, it's, it's like a disease. Once it gets it's, its hooks into you, it's all you think about. You go to sleep thinking about Arsenal. you wake I think my up thinking wife about would with you. Yeah, and so would, so would my, so would my lovely wife, Victoria, you know, a lot of our arguments are about football, about football, podcasting and playing golf. We have, as I said,
1: prescribed questions that we do on this Gooner to Gooner. And, again, from a different perspective, um, from afar, which stadium do you like? Um, Which stadium do you prefer? What are your likes and dislikes between 1999 and Highbury, 2006 in the Emirates, and, and going forward? What
0: would you say is your... Likes and dislikes from each. I think like most Arsenal fans from a period where Highbury existed, Highbury will always hold a very special place in our hearts. And like you said, that's really different for overseas fans, for people who don't have have the ability to actually go and experience the, the match day, you know, the game day, all the lead-in, be able to walk up and see the glory that is the Emirates or, you know, the history that was... Was Highbury so for me? You know, I always loved, I always loved Highbury, for the memories and for the football memories. Really, I, I think naturally as Arsenal fans we have. But wasn't wasn't it
1: the Highbury Library when you started following? Uh, are, are sorry, seeing it, not following, but like seeing it. Then, was yeah, it like the Highbury Library, yeah,
0: you know. But I mean, so many great, so many great memories from there on. You know, even as far as us finishing up, you know, the Invincibles, you know, so many great things and great memories. Really, from from I guess '99 when I started watching onwards, we we really started to rock it and become a you know a big club and and a lot of my memories from the Emirates are you know us really declining over the years which you know is a, is a sad thing to say that we're a club in decline but we all know the reasons the economic reasons for why that happened why it had to happen you know and and now it's it's interesting because for the first time in a long time I I feel really buoyant about the club and and that we're on our way up and that we can you know put the scum down the road behind us as well yeah I'm um... You know
1: what, I, I was actually talking to somebody the other day and was coming along and saying about, oh yeah, when, um and it actually I think it was talking about Tottenham and moving in their new stadium, and I gone, oh, when we moved into our new stadium, yeah, they, they, and talking about the Champions League final in 2006, and that was our highest point, we actually moved into stadium in 2006, and everything else has slowly, gradually gone down, and we're plateauing now and I'm hoping that there's signs the sign well the signs that we can't get any lower um and there's also signs that we might be on a curve on the upward curve um next question on the list max is um you obviously you followed Arsenal um avidly from 99 but you would have have looked back and gotten more obviously from the way you follow Arsenal now, like I do, and, and so from Bruce of-
0: Rioch onwards for me. I mean, not that I followed them really, really closely back then, but from Bruce Rioch onwards. But you're right. You know, for me, really, my life has been Arsene Wenger and now Unai Emery.
1: Hmm. Well, I, I'm Bruce Rioch, uh, George Graham, and um Arsene Wenger. Uh, that, that, that's me too. I'm what I'm 48, but I didn't get into the football thing till I was like mid-20s. I was in Ireland and lots of things. But who who is your favourite um,
0: Arsenal manager? So I love Arsene Wenger and I still love Arsene Wenger and I loved Arsene Wenger until the bitter end. That doesn't mean that I didn't want him to go and I wanted him to go basically from after that first FA Cup, that first modern day FA Cup. I wanted him to go on a high. I thought that we'd run out of ideas. I thought that the club needed change, that the totalitarian nature of the way that Wenger was running the club was having an adverse effect. And I've said this to you before on on a number of podcasts, I can't wait for Arsene to write a book. And I hope he does write a book because I think that a lot of what we perceive as truths and a lot of what we perceive as, as Arsene Wenger kind of holding the hammer of, of power might not actually be as true as what we think. But for me, I loved him. I loved the teams that came in. It's a bit like when you finally have to put your parents into a nursing home. You, know, you, don't, you don't want to do it, but you know that they have to go. And that's how I ended up feeling with Arsene, that it was time to to ship him out. But loved him to bits, loved him the whole time until the end. He's almost like a father figure to me. You know, he's he's been there for so many important parts of my life. I loved him as a loved him as a man as well. I I always loved the you know I always felt that the way Arsenal was that, that we were humble and we never had a lot of fuckheads. You know, we never had players in the, you know, in the media kicking each other and and going out getting into trouble. You know, we didn't have players like Joey Barton. I always thought that was a representation of Arsene think, Wenger as a do, manager. Do you think Unai and the current regime live up to his legacy? I really like Unai and I've said this a number of times. You know, there's a lot of conjecture about gazetas and, and kind of the decisions they've made around contracts and, and things like that at the moment. But whoever I think got that's together, probably a change
1: of the environment, which Wenger yeah, touched, touched yeah. on.
0: But whoever got together and, and made that decision to bring in Unai and not to take the easy approach, not to take the easy road and bring in an Arsenal favourite like Arteta... Whoever made that hard, deci- hard decision deserves a really big round of applause because I am very, very much in love with Unai Emery at the moment, and I'm very much in love with how the club has managed to retain its identity—the identity that Arsene Wenger managed to bring to us through the appointment of a new manager. So you mentioned you mentioned Arteta. Do you think he's an Arsenal favourite? Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, not an Arsenal. Four fan. Se- four, four seasons. Yeah, a- but ex- Everton. He, he, he fit in very much to I think the way that a lot of Arsenal fans externally perceived ourselves. ourselves. Sort of fill in. Yep, and I, I'd look. I, I was a big Arteta fan at Everton. I was happy when he came in. I don't think it's so much. I think you've got different types of favourites in football clubs. You've got favourites based on their football and what they did with the football and I think you've got favourites based on their attitude and the way they conducted themselves for the duration of the club, for the duration of the time they were at the club and in that sense I think people looked at Arteta and thought Arteta was, was a good solid professional who came in at a time when we weren't great and I just think it would have been easier to bring Arteta in with the narrative that existed, he'd worked under Pep, we he played for Arsenal. Yeah, you know, and I honestly don't think that Arteta... I think if Arteta had have come in, it would have been more like a five-year plan. I think he would have needed to tear it up, sell everyone on. And, and what we've got in Emery, whether he's a long-term manager or whether he's just been a really, really fantastic crutch to get us to our next stage as th- Arsenal think, Football Club... I think Uno is a better option than Arteta. 100%, and that's what I mean. I applaud the guys involved... In taking the risk to bring him in. And don't forget, when he came in, a lot of people were spitting chips, weren't happy about it. They wanted someone different. They wanted someone with a bigger name or a better name. And a lot of people are eating their words now. Mm. There's a lot of hate out there. But um, we will take this
1: on to our next podcast, actually, because uh, um, one of the things we're talking about is um, on our next podcast is about the technical director of football. Uh Unai, etc., etc., the the whole thing. But this is about you and your Arsenal journey. Um Who is your favourite player and why?
0: Dennis Bergkamp, number ten, now and forever. Why? That's all I really have to say about that. <laughs> it's 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 that much at the forefront of my mind. It it, do, it doesn't even take umming and ahhing. He, you know. Was a grub. Yeah,
1: but why,
0: why? Why? Oh, well, he was a grub, which I love. Um, you know, he'd stomp on people's toes and back into them and elbow them in the head. He was a silky, masterful genius. He could finish from inside the box. I mean, go through the Premier League's top 100 goals of all time. I think Burkamp's got What's three. your favorite one? Leicester. The Leicester goal. Not uh, Newcastle. The, uh, was it, which one's the stomp? Which one's the stomp, no, turn, no, New, Newcastle, outside of Newcastle, the boot? That Newcastle's it's twist and turn. and So that one's fantastic. And then there's another one which is near post, where the ball Leicester, comes flying Leicester over. It. And, uh, I think that's the Leicester one. So Leicester or the Newcastle goal, which I think are two people's, both people's favourite goals from Dennis Bergkamp. I also love, um, not so much a goal for Arsenal, but his goal for Holland in the World Cup as well as really famous goal for Holland in the World Cup, which is another one where he pulled the ball down from anywhere. But funnily enough, one of my most visceral Dennis Bergkamp memories is from a game that meant nothing to anyone. It was a game against Middlesbrough. They were struggling. I think they ended up going two or three goals up, and we ended up pulling them back and winning 5-3 five, five, or 5-4 or something like that. And there's this moment in the game where um, the ball gets pinged to Bergkamp. He's sort of in that where, I guess in the modern game, Dennis would have played as a number 10. I don't think he would have played as a striker. I think he would have been more of a Mesut Ozil-style player. But he'd pulled a into nine, that. Nine, wasn't he? Yeah, he pulled into that kind of deep role. Uh, the ball got pinged to him, and he just takes one touch with the outside of his boot, a second touch to lob the ball over the top to Ashley Cole, who runs on and, and smashes it in bottom corner. And it was those tiny little pieces of, of skill for Dennis Burkamp that always made me love him it was you know everything was so easy for him and you know and, and interestingly enough he's a player who came in and didn't have a fantastic start at the club so you're down there and uh you're in australia uh what other
1: like because to follow the premier league is difficult because we play it's probably easier now i don't know if it's more difficult now with they much changing. much
0: much much easier now because we get we have apps and we have replays now Prior to that, if you didn't stay up and watch the game live, you didn't see the game live. And majority of the games are between two a.m. and six a.m. in the morning. So, so the the next question was: What are the sports are
1: like sporting interests do you have? Don't do cricket. I'm Irish.
0: <laughs> so lots and lots of sporting interests, Fergus. Toby and I, when we moved from England, we moved to um, Queensland. We moved to Brisbane which is the Sunshine State, um, where we basically stood outside and played sport until the sun went down. That was what our childhood was, was being outside and, and playing sport. So we are mad rugby league fans, absolutely mad rugby league fans. We, we uh, support a team called the Canberra Raiders. Don't ask us how we ended up supporting Canberra. It's a long story for another pod. Um, both of us grew up playing rugby union at school. Uh, good cricketers Loved playing cricket. Loved playing tennis. Played table tennis. You name it, we played it. But I guess my second great love is is the stupidest game of all is rugby league. Is my second great love, though. You know, throughout union, school, if, well, if if any throughout rugby school, union. well, throughout school, we played union. We we played rugby union. Both Toby and I the whole way through school. But our great love is when just. 22 of the stupidest people on the planet run as fast as they can at each other. It's it's a beautiful thing, rugby league. So, a
1: question to do with um, your industry. Um, whiskey or whiskey?
0: Whiskey and whiskey. Ex-
1: yeah, explain the difference and tell me which are your preferences on both.
0: So, whiskey is for Scotch, is for Scotch whiskey, um, meaning that it's come from Scotland. Um,
1: okay, and how can you define it's whiskey?
0: Whiskey because it has an e.
1: Whiskey with an e is Irish.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. So Scotch whiskey and whiskey. Um, look, all whiskey is good whiskey, Fergus, and I've run some of the the premier whiskey bars in the country. So um, my preference is still for a single malt. You know, I, I enjoy Scotch whiskey, um, but Irish whiskeys. As well, a very, very good a couple of my favorites uh green spot, red breast, Connemara, Connemara is a smashing drop of peated Irish whiskey that, if you haven't had it, I highly suggest you go out and have it. but you know, whiskey for me is like women, all shapes, all sizes, all flavors they're all good and and gin you've got a gin bar, yep,
1: so gin is a huge thing over in the u k at the moment. um what is the best accompaniment uh, for gin? Should it be lemon? Should it be lime? Should it be cucumber? Should it be... I, I I was at a function recently, and they had juniper berries and
0: rosemary sticks and all sorts of shit in this uh, glass. So we play around with a lot of that stuff at the bar. Uh, there's two fallacies or two problems with the way that a lot of people drink gin. A lot of people garnish their gin. The first one is that gin hates high pH, which is acid. And acid comes in what? Citrus. And for years and years, people have been muddling fresh citrus. So fresh lemons, fresh limes, fresh oranges into their gin. Terrible idea, flattens out the gin. So at the bar, we dehydrate all of our fruit. We dehydrate our fruit so we can remove the water content. And in removing the water content, we remove the citric acid what is left is a a more kind of scented, flavoured thing. Gin is one of those things most spirits in the world are at their best when they're unadulterated, when they are drunk neat or just over a block of ice. Gin for me I think tastes like garbage neat. It's a very uh, restrained product as in you can't taste the body of the gin until it gets diluted and so for me i think gin fundamentally should always be drunk in one of two ways in a gin and tonic with a bit of dehydrated fruit in there or in a martini those are my those are my preferences and that's the way that i sell it
1: so if you're in melbourne in the richmond area get yourself down to the bower inn
0: bower bird it's a, type bird. Of, it's a type of bird, Fergus, that is native or, to the east coast of Australia.
1: Uh, yeah, I know, and I remember that. That was the uh, old girls' school acro- across <laughs> Mars. So, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Max, we've chatted away on for a little bit about this, and uh, you do your podcast, I do my podcast, and I think we fell upon each other sort of um, via Twitter, I think it was, wasn't it?
0: It was. It was via Twitter. Toby and I were were just starting. We had been thinking about putting together a podcast for a period of time because we were both such avid podcast listeners. And like most people, people, we started off listening to the big podcasts. We started off listening to blogs and, you know, Arsenal Vision and, and things like that. And then once we actually came around to the idea that we were going to do our own podcast, I wanted to start listening to podcasts that were of, you know, a similar size or relatively early in their inception. And I, I started bouncing around, you know, searching on iTunes and things like that for different Arsenal-related podcasts. And I just thought most of them were crap. <laughs> you know, poorly done, poor, yeah, poorly done, poor sound quality, um, just a lot, of the, a lot of the smaller ones. And, and the thing that ended up getting me around to Guns and Yellow Ribbons was it, it came up in a search... I clicked on it and from the introductory music to the intro to the quality of the recording, it's actually what got me into it and listening to it. And I've since said to people, people have asked my opinion on how to put together a successful podcast and I've always said that you have to make sure that at the bare minimum, the quality of the sound and the quality of the intro music is, is really good. And I think my first podcast I listened to was, was one where Manny was half asleep I think he was sick, or he was on on painkillers, or something like that. Yes, <laughs> and um, and I was like, "Oh, this is all." I was like, "This is all right." I don't much like that Manny fella, but you know, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it another listen. <laughs> but I listened to that. I listened to that first episode. Then I listened to a couple more, and then I think I just I commented on on something on on Twitter or something. And you and I got to chatting, and then you ended up listening to the the Ars brothers and then just sort of on a whim said to me oh would you would you like to jump on come on for a guest spot i came on for a guest spot it was a really easy conversation i remember saying to my brother after the the first podcast i did with you and manny i said to him it was just like sitting around in a pub talking to a couple of blokes and you know one thing led to another and the next thing you'd made the grave mistake of inviting me into your into your guns and yellow ribbons family through your online messenger group and like a bad smell, Fergus? I've never left.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Help me. Right. Okay. The last thing we got on this. Bear in mind, people, when you listen to this, I, it is nearly uh, 10 o'clock on a Saturday evening. I've been out with my friends. I've had a few. So um, my humour is uh, on a high level. Um, so what we do do is uh, one line about, about each panellist. And I will start with Old Man Trev who's off to Greece.
0: I love Old Man Trev. Old Man Trev has bought something to the to the Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast that, you know, I I it didn't have prior and what Trev's bought is Trev's bought history. He's bought a view of the club that exists for a lot longer than just a successful period. He's a guy who's followed the club through all of its turmoil and I think he's got a little bit more of an open view towards Arsenal as a club moving forward rather than a lot of us who just see it maybe as a club in decline.
1: Um, you may not have spoken to Boston Ozel, um, uh, Mike from Boston, but co-founder of Guns on Yellow Ribbons, you've probably listened back to some of his, um, uh, his contributions on our podcasts and um, might be hard for you to make any judgment on him, but like from what you've heard and seen,
0: no, I've 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 judged him already, Fergus. I've judged him based on the fact that we're oh we're friends on Facebook. Me and me and Boston Mike, and um, I've actually never had a conversation with him, never spoken to him. But anyone who follows me on Fox on Facebook, my Facebook is horrible. I just put up horrible jokes and horrible things it and is. rude stuff.
1: I've n- I've never heard such
0: words. But I regularly get a laughing emoji from Mike. So even though I haven't met him, I already know I like him because he accepts me for the horrible human that I am.
1: He's a freak. He must be a freak. <laughs>
0: Honestly. My Facebook Honestly. is
1: a minefield of shit. Mate, I, 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 I need to put you
0: on a filter. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right, okay. As we're on Mike's, what about Scunny Mike? Uh, Scunny Mike. Scunny Mike. I've had Scunny Mike on the Ars Brothers a couple of times. I I enjoy Mike's company. He's typically kind of northern. He's a man of few words, but I love him when he opens up and starts swearing and gets heated. He really brings something a little bit less local to Arsenal and a little bit more kind of, you know, he's up there in Scunthorpe. He's got that sexy northern accent. And, and we can't go past his wife screaming up the arse into the microphone. It's one of the truly... Great moments for guns and yellow ribbons. Well, she's her motto, isn't she? She is. She is. Yeah. Big Steve, Big Steve, the man with the soothing voice. You know, it's it's been said so many times. I really like Steve. I, I get along with Steve really well, and um, he's a real fan. You have to be a real fan to wear half and half scarves because people are just going to give you shit constantly for it. Um, but Steve's great. He's got an opinion on everything, which I think is fantastic. And he backs himself with his opinions, which, you know, when you've got people like Manny on, you need to have people who back their opinions.
1: We have um, Johnny from the North Bank.
0: I love Johnny. <laughs> I love what Johnny brings. I think,
1: I think somebody else might do as well. Yeah, no, I no. Like I a, Johnny's,
0: Johnny's definitely had some love as well. You know, what I like about, yeah, yeah. You know what I like most about Johnny? Johnny gives that real London flavour to the podcast he makes it really really local you know he goes to the games he's a passionate supporter you know he's a funny fucker as well which which i enjoy. I don't
1: trev doesn't
0: <laughs> no but i mean johnny just gives it for me johnny sounds like a bit of a geezer you know my old man my old man's a geezer so makes me feel right at home
1: i must admit um when my brothers and other people have listened to the podcast and I said, who's the Cockney one? And <laughs> yeah. they're, all, they're all sort of a Johnny. <laughs> so so we've gone we got through Johnny, we've gone through money, Max. Uh, let me give an opinion of Max. A good with an opinion. Very
0: articulate. And um, able to put your opinion across very, very well. Mate, when you've uh, worked behind bars, as you have as well, Fergus. Um, Starting with seven. When you've worked behind bars for majority of your life, your ability to to talk and to talk shit is a is is one of your greatest assets. So I just like to think I'm professional at talking at talking shit. Right. You have uh, we haven't 40. touched. We haven't touched on Manny. We haven't touched on Blackzilla himself. Uh, Manny, go on. Manny's my boy. Me and Manny agree on so much stuff. Um, and like I said at the top of the show, I, I think that. On my show on the Arse Brothers, what I do, I think Manny does for Guns and Yellow Ribbons when he's on as well. He's the instigator. <laughs> he's the guy who doesn't mind if people throw stones at him. In fact, he looks forward to it. And um, I-, I love Manny on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I-, I-, I think he's one of your greatest assets. But don't tell him that because his head's already too big.
1: Yeah, he's definitely... Um... Marmite, isn't he?
0: <laughs> you love, gotta love him or hate him. But I'm a bit of a marmite fella myself, Fergus. So I understand the big man.
1: Right, thirty seconds and we're out. So
0: last one is me. Go on, off you go. Knock yourself out, <sighs> uh, Fergus. You're like the the Joker to my Batman. You're like the you're like the Bond villain to my James Bond, mate. We're uh, we're both hosts of our podcasts. We've both been on each other's podcasts regularly. Um, I, I would personally like if uh, sometimes you could back off the hosting a bit and give your opinions, because when you've been on Ask Brothers and given your opinions, you got a lot to say, um, but you've put together a really fantastic podcast, you're like the father figure in the room who's got the dirtiest sense of humour, and... Um, my favourite podcast of you are when you've had in excess of 10 pints of beer. I think that's when you're at your best, mate. <laughs> North London Derby. North London North London Derby. I could smell the alcohol through my headphones, Fergus. That's how pissed you were. Uh, thank you very, very, very much. Um, I've enjoyed that. I hope
1: you've enjoyed your Gooner to Gooner.
0: Uh, I think it's nice to be able to look back on something that plays such an important part in your life. Which Arsenal does and, and I, I think, you know, my, my final thought is I, I think sometimes we don't realise how much this club plays a part now in our day to day, in our social media, and how we build friendships, build relationships. And it's not a, a, a it's not a flash in the pan. You know, it's it's a lifelong journey that you have with Arsenal and all the more reason to support regardless of results and support regardless all the players, regardless of how we feel about them. Um, love my Arsenal come on you Gunners! thank you Max up the arse (laughs) up the arse (laughs) you've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by
1: Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.